Alchemist friends, welcome back to another sexy episode of the Film mm. Alchemist podcast. The show where we take the movies we love, break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and just a lawyer who does not cross his eyes and dot his T's. <laughs> Hang on, let me do my Kathleen Turvis. Alex Dandino. Oh my God, he's so fucking hot. <laughs> That's her voice now, not in the oh movie. Because as God. we see, yeah, chain smoking in Florida does not end well for your vocal cords. But that's neither here. That would be a great podcast we should start on the side. Is a deep examination of celebrity voices as from like they, first picture to like, to like 35 years of 35 smoking. 35 years of smoking. I'm down. Absolutely. That might be what this podcast turns that's, into if I don't well, find I mean, some fucking willpower. The, ta- the, 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 <laughs> three main, the three main talent in this movie that we all remember all have had that all had that happen. So, all big, yeah, That could be me. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Can you believe they did this to this? <laughs> Neither here nor there. we got some business to get to before we get all revved up, torqued up. Uh, guys, it's official. <laughs> yeah, before we get stuffed. Uh, we are on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com. Come on over. You can stuff us there. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you get in. You join the community, a stuffing-free community. All we do is just stuff your ears with delightful we content. Said, yeah, we're giving you the goods. Content. Content, yeah. You get our exclusive Patreon library. You get a vote on the movies you want to add to said library. You get commentaries. You get uh, new mini-features, uh, mini-series, right? So our Tales from the Griff is dropping soon, if not already. So go over there if you love Tales from the Crypt uh, or the pod. Any support is greatly appreciated, guys. So for those of you who are about to, thank you. It means the world to us. For those of you who already do, thank you as well. The YouTube you can subscribe to, Film Alchemist. The email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. And make sure you leave those five-star ratings and reviews wherever and everywhere you find the show. <laughs> all right, Alex. All right. Let's Butter thy biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> Butter your biscuits with Good old-fashioned humidity sweat. <laughs> it's time to roll around in crime and nefarious actions in body heat. Um, this is... We had a debate earlier, right? What was the hottest movie of the month? Oh, my God. You're Andrew Dice playing it? Well, it was a good run. Now we're canceled because Alex is slipping into character. <laughs> Hello, sorry. Oh, my God. Oh it's my so God. fucking hot. So fucking hot outside. The only way to break this heat is to clap cheeks. Let's go. <laughs> right? That's that's essentially uh that's what's funny. his name? Uh yeah, William Hurt in that's this William movie. Hurt's character in this oh, movie. My, Ned oh my god. Hello, I'm Ned Racine. Let's clap cheeks. Okay, we will not do the smoker voice more than fifty five more times. Yeah, I, yeah. I promise you. So this movie takes place in the south in a sweltering heat wave. Uh it is a mix of sex and crime, intrigue. Florida. This, this is a <laughs> Florida, lots of fucking Florida ink. Um, really this movie Florida-ing. is just top notch. Like every every element of storytelling that I enjoy, this movie has it. Right, yeah. a great cast, a great mystery at the core. This kind of inevitable Damocles sword of bad things that we know are coming, but we're really excited to get there. Right, uh, the movie takes turns uh, pounding our brain, right, and then pounding the characters, keeping us on this this inevitable pounding death each other. Loop, yes, right, yeah. So it is, it's a lot of pounding and sweat. Uh, but just a wonderful fucking ride of a film. No pun intended. Alex, opening thoughts on Body Heat. I mean, for Lawrence Kasdan's directorial debut, not bad. Fucking stellar. Like, he really fucking stellar. knocked it out of the park, man. 
Great cast, yes. I didn't realize this. Apparently, it is the theatrical debut of one Kathleen Turner. Had no idea. This was her first movie? Her first, like, on-screen. Like, Kathleen the- Turner like, Overdrive. Yeah. Kathleen Turner Overdrive. Uh, her first film, Greta, was pretty fascinating. Amazing. Um, She's really good in this movie. Yeah, and then, you know, of course, William Hurt. You get a, like, early on Mickey uh, Mickey Rourke, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And he's Baby like, Mickey Rourke. He's, like, still super handsome. This was, like, the time, like, this between now and, like, I think 89 was, it was like, super handsome still. Yeah, before the boxing went around. Before the yeah. boxing thing started. He's another one who's got, like, smoker voice from, like, 35 years of just, like... Oh, hell yeah. That just, guy loves darts. Yeah, just crushing camels. Um, It's... Body Heat's a really fascinating neo-noir. Like, it borrows from a lot of these really great places and is really self-conscious of the fact that it's borrowing from a lot of these really great places. Because there's things that I felt necessarily drew attention to itself on purpose but never in a way that felt like parody. It was always mm. very much pastiche, which I really think is a hard thing to do. And uh, that's why Lawrence Kazan is the man, and he was so great. And this movie is just so much fun to watch. I mean, again, like it is the most Florida I've ever seen a Florida movie, other than the Florida <laughs> this Project. This is not the most Florida. Other than the Florida Project, this movie is pretty this up is, there in terms of Florida. This is a level of class that Florida rarely hits on screen. Uh-uh. Hard, we got hard mansions no on that. and fucking wind chimes. We got people wearing shirts. If you go this to This is the, a classier version of Florida. If you get off the like Miami Beach area, if you drive into like Miami Dade County, this is these people. Like I'm very this familiar with this. This is the Florida that people dream about when they're going to Florida for this vacation. This is the Florida that the olds assume you they're think, going yeah, to. Magic Kingdom for your kids and then magic clapping at night for you. Right. If like, this like, is the Florida they're dreaming the of. The Florida like you, I don't know if they still have it there, but in Disney World, they had like uh, the after hours Disney park was ple- it was literally called Pleasure Island, which I'm like, weird connotation there. That's amazing. But that. OK, so bottom five places I would ever want to be on any given day include Disney World, yeah. right? Just an absolute fucking hellhole that people just love to go waste their fucking dumb money at. Um, just one of the worst things. And if you're a grown up who's like really into Disney, that does lower my opinion of you. Not you and Andrea Alex, of course. Love you guys. We don't go to Disney. You guys had the pass. You had Oh the pass. yeah, we had the pass for a while. It was nice because we were able to take the nephews and stuff like that. But yeah, like oh, sure. once we were You were taking your ass there to drink around the world. That's not that's not in Disneyland. You're thinking of Disney Disney World is like oh, if you have a if you have a season pass to Disney World. God yeah. help you. Florida. Disneyland. Florida Disneyland's Disneyland. Disneyland's a little easier because California, like the California Adventure thing is like adult time. But yeah. The point is that place should be full of children True. who are tricked by paper mache and rocks and stupid shit like that. Correct. Not grownups who want to fucking go get drunk, be in lines all day, get fucking sunburns and pay $500 for a lightsaber. We'll That's an never embarrassing way to live your life. in lines of- the Disneyland. I fully agree with that. Not to also fucking just shit on Disneyland people. Big respects, Disney. What's up? Uh, bottom five worst places you will ever find me. Top five places I would love to get down. <laughs> like, I would love to go to Disney and just be like, I'm going to fucking soil everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's pretty Get easy. Howard the Duck in here because we're going to need some mops. Yeah, I'm I feel ready. like Disney World's like, again, Disneyland's a little different. Disney World, like, when I was a kid, of course, it was like... Mm. Like we went, 
That was like Disneyland is like eighty percent adult hipsters, and it is garbage. Yes, correct. Um, yeah, but like so, Disney World like was still like pretty, pretty kid friendly, which is great. Mm. You know, like again, I really like. I really like that was like the cool vacation when we were kids, obviously. Like we went to Cape May, New Jersey yes. a lot, which just because we had family there. But like one year we went to Disney World, which was fucking rad. Yeah. Like that was like a huge deal. For a kids. child, when you're an adult, you want to be down there at the fucking chime room. Yeah. You want to be in Pine in. Haven listening to wind chimes, seeing people's sweaty bods. That's what I'm talking about. Pressed up That might be a ass. new thing for me. The wind chimes? That was Man. a really nice touch in okay. the movie. Okay, I, I was gonna. I wrote this down. I wanted to ask you. About, like, <laughs> I actually, it's funny. My reaction to it was like, I was waiting for one time. Can someone shut those fucking chimes up? Like it was so loud <laughs> when he was trying to bang. But apparently, no. It it's this Good constant rattle, right? It's this constant. Hey, this shouldn't be happening. This is a dream state. This is not a good thing. It's this constant soft melodic soundtrack to his fucking right. sexual ruination right his sexual bacchanal yeah but that's what i mean this movie one of the things i love is it's so such a visceral movie experience right it's it's very tactile so every time he's there fucking right it's a it's this constant fucking cacophony of wind chimes yeah. right when they're in the diner it's like the fucking oppressive bright lights that you know are overexposed in the windows the fucking sweat the yeah. heat the lens it has that kind of soft it's, late night vibe right so it you're it's always so fucking sweaty and it's so fucking noisy it's interesting the daytime stuff does have that like frosted like somebody came on the lens thing which is always like this <laughs> it's always like this thing from 70s tell me before that happens and then you do the umbrella guy yeah right. but like it's always and yeah the night stuff is really gritty and uh <laughs> still hot no, still no. a lot of sweating there's a lot of sweating actually that was like one of my favorite <laughs> I don't, the first time they so obviously like like william hurts is sleazy lawyer but we'll talk about are you talking about the entrance the grand entrance <laughs> yeah we've got to talk about that <laughs> all right we'll we'll get but so essentially there, william hurts character let's set this up a little bit william's hurt character is this fucking dick slinging lawyer right a different one every day yeah. I love the opening, right? This man just sitting there in his fucking skivvies watching this house. That's my childhood. My memory's burning up, right? Yeah. The good days on fire, right? And he's just fucking slinging. She's like, you're down Is with me. Is she a hooker? Care. The girl? I don't think so. The other okay, one, he, he's so fucking either. a nurse. I think it's just like he has like a village people has checklist. A, yeah. He's just running yeah, yeah. them through. Um, so he he's just this dick slinging lawyer who's bad at his job, right? Lo and behold, one night he's out trying to sling and he meets this lady in a white dress, right? They get a snow cone. They're fucking bantering. She gets a stay. Oh, you want to lick it? And then she's gone, right? So this sends this lawyer on this fucking trail, right? He is hunting this lady. Yeah. I think this is a weird way for the movie to start, but it works really well, right? This is a guy who is in no drought of getting yeah. it in. For well, some reason, he so latches onto this lady and most importantly, before he knows, she's super fucking rich. Right. Well, I mean, like, well, I don't know. I think he knows he knows he knows she's not he knows she's not like him. I'll say that. Well, he, yeah. points it out when, <laughs> he points it out when they're talking. They're like, you look like you're from Pine Haven. Like, it's this whole thing where it's like, also, it's a weird name for a Florida town is Pine Haven. But either way, um, 
But yeah, like, he literally points out, he's like, what are you riches doing down here with us regular people? And, like, mm-hmm. it is this weird little, again, this is the part that's, like, this really fun pastiche of these, like, movies is, because a lot of people liken this to Double Indemnity, which I understand. But um, what I like is their back and forth, and that first scene is so, like, textbook dialogue. And they, again... <laughs> It's one of those weird things where you're watching it and you kind of know what's happening, but you're like, my, my turned on right now. What's going on here? Like, it's just really, the answer is yes, you are. <laughs> Absolutely. Every, even there, it's the a very weird game with them, right? Sitting in that bar, right. Mm-hmm. You know, where he's talking shit and she's like, Oh, let me guess. You got a tool for that. I don't talk like that. And there's just these snappy cut when she fucking smacks him though. I was like, I don't know about everyone else, but I, I stiffened up my back, my back. And I was like, oh, oh, I took notice. You know what I mean? I was like, this is taking a step. Listen, there's always, there's certainly some tumescence. You can't avoid it. Like, it just is what it is. But it's just, it, it has this palpable heat, right? We are in this environment of constant sensual, not even sensual, but sensory overload. And when you drop the sensualness, it's like your whole body, every system of your body is like getting cranked up so that you feel it. To the point where one of the most absurd fucking moments in any movie occurs and you go, yeah, it, it seems about right. I'm, I'm in on this, right? Right. Um, so William Hurt, she's like, yeah, you can just come see my fucking wind chimes. But that's it. I, I swear that's it, right? So he goes and sees the chimes. She kicks his ass that out. That is my favorite exchange in the movie, by the way, like just the chimes. <laughs> yeah yeah lady it's like, just yeah the bitch i chimes. said just the fucking chimes how dare you how funny would it be uh, if that was the movie's like yeah bitch geez quit asking me about the wind chimes I just want to see your goddamn wind chimes get out of the- god there there is this amazing shot though because he gets sent down to his car and he's just staring up right it's like you see king kong for the first time yeah yeah and it is just this fucking chime induced horny overload that he cannot stand this scene is at once so amazingly shot yeah this is one of the fucking most ludicrous decisions i've ever seen a character making a movie. so it's through the windows and i i like the way that they i like the way the lawrence kasdan uses the windows in this like this scene particularly because it's like there's refractions and all these kind of it's this really fun like in camera she's sitting there like the princess leia hologram in r2d2 old old timey like old it's like an old noir flick vibe is like you know (laughs) refracting people through like mirrors and shit like that so yeah finally he it's like he's just overcome with he can't fuck he like tries to first off he can't like he can't open a door those fucking chimes she won't open it for him because you know right she she he only came to see the wind chimes he was hard to get yeah so it's not like, you know, but he's not a vampire, so he doesn't have to be invited in. So instead, <laughs> <Clearly> not. <laughs> he, again, baffling decision because like just never addressed again. He takes, I think, a planter from the outside and throws it through the window. <laughs> fucking smashes her entire smashes fucking window pieces. open. It's like and a it trellis door. in over the, fu- like just the, yeah, these fucking like giant windows smashes it and walks in and she's like oh god yes and she and they start just throwing down just on the destroying fucking table. each other on the ground and table yeah like i had to say this is maybe because i'm now a little older when i was younger i was like hell yeah don't break my fucking yeah, house we that. can fuck don't without break breaking my house now it's i gotta a nice call house a guy too. it's annoying 
And also Actually, she's the, like, oh, we got to be careful. Then afterwards, my so if they're going to fook, then afterwards, someone's going to have to clean that up. Yeah, exactly. Not okay. the, This is actually a brilliant choice, right? Because I think it's one of those things where normal people are supposed to watch that and be like, man, I don't fuck like that anymore. I don't fuck like that. I don't throw shit through my door to get to my wife. You know what I mean? We don't fuck like that. Right. So you're supposed to be all like, oh, my God, the heat. What it's actually showing us just crystal clear is how absolutely perfect of a fool William Hurt's character totally. truly is. Totally. That Ned Racine is just the dumbest a fucking half of a human being stuck in this fucking dick slinging body. The dumbest lawyer and He's the, dumbest, the dumbest, dick slinger. dumbest fucking guy. And, and I think in that moment, this is her way to test how fucking stupid is this guy? Yeah. Oh, super stupid. Okay. The plan Man, can this, proceed. This will go very so, easily. It is a, a ludicrous choice. Like the first time I saw it, I was just dying laughing. I was like, you oh, gotta dude, be fucking. I had to me. rewind it. Cause I was it just like, sense. I hope I didn't miss something. Cause I could not stop laughing. No, he is just this guy who has never been good at anything. Trying to fucking beef his life up right through fucking. There's pussy. this other. Cause you know, they have to make everybody look super sweaty. Cause it's super hot in Florida in this movie. Mm. Um, there's this other thing though in this scene when they when they start just grabbing on up grabbing up on each other and everything, uh, she like starts like she like throws her hands around and starts pressing into the small of his back where there's huge sweat stains down the back of his shirt, and all I could think was like, you know, in a 2022 version of Body Heat, some woman would be like, ew, ick, ew, no, I don't want to touch yeah, that. Yeah, smelly, like gross. Come on. Here, okay, hot take number two. <laughs> Super sweaty sex is the most overrated kind of sex. Gross. Have you ever been like, man, I just want to like kiss the nape of my wife's neck, but also have the experience of a deer at a salt lick? Like, gross. I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want to be fucking like getting all this extra like, fucking sweat and dirt sweaty. out of your pores. Ugh. Yeah. Like a little sweaty. little hot. sweaty. You know, that's what it is. But like, because that's yeah. like you. Like a whore in church sweating. Yeah. Whore in church sweating is not great. And that's what the like. And. That's like, like, even the, for the woman, not just me, I'm a sweater. So they, yeah, oh, see, that, <laughs> that was the other thing too. Like I was thinking about like, oh, see, like every time I've come home, like from anything where I'm super sweaty, uh, like the first thing Andrea says, like, I don't want to, I don't want to touch you yet. Like yeah, gross. You take a shower. Fucking gross. Take yeah. a shower. See, that's the thing you want just enough. So the locks are activated. Mm -hmm. So when I do that, hi, and I whip my head back, yeah. you know what I mean? She's like, oh my There's God. something primal about what? that past yeah. any more sweat. And that's not going to work. But just enough to show you were doing something. Right. You don't want to have the kind of sex where you both stand up and pull your trousers There's, on. You're like, good day. And so you they can go start back this, out in the world. They start this torrid love affair. Can right. I ask one thing, though? We're getting the derailed scene, here. This, there's the scene. While they're getting railed. So after they get railed, they rail <laughs> each other a few times. There's the scene where they're in the bathtub together. Hot. Amazing. I got to tell you. Doesn't make any sense to me. Like This is... The, the, now, not the sexual part. The sexual part, of yeah. course, is pretty laid out there. You don't. They're really making need it. fucking beef stew in the heat. What not a whole lot of about? sense to be made. But here's my thing: <laughs> Kathleen Turner and her husband are rich people. There's no right. way they could not turn the AC on in the house. I'm just saying. I don't think AC was prevalent back then. I think this was before the the air conditioned revolution. Even in Pine Haven, you think they wouldn't have AC units? I mean, this was what the seven, like the mid seventies. Also, they only had like four ice cubes left. Come on, they probably drink a lot. Come, they on. do a lot on the rocks. 
I'm just saying, them laying in that fucking clawfoot tub all draped out, like it's almost as if their heads are connected, like they're some kind of like, you know, ogre beast. Yeah, see, those are, that was I was in on that. Yeah, see, like I can't. That's that's the other thing. You're also a kind of uh, overweight guy like me. the The last time I've been able to fit in a bathtub. I can't even remember. Like well, the whole time I like, lived in LA apartments, like you cannot sit in those tubs. Well, even when you have a bathtub, like it's just like <sighs> we had one on our honeymoon in Hawaii. It was just luxurious. I was getting little coconut floaters and putting these fucking candles around. I was just like luxuriating in it. The only time I've ever used the, bath- I would line the beers up on the edge of the, the fucking tub and I'd have my little candles floating around. I turn yeah. on some Creed and I would fucking have a great time. Okay, I wouldn't Hawaiian, have admitted Hawaiian that. Ambience. The only time I've ever used a bathtub. <laughs> the only time I've ever used a it bathtub. It wasn't great. It was Nickelback. Um, Wait, that's right. The, um, the, there's one bathtub in the world that I actually will use as a bathtub, which is the Palms Place in Las Vegas. Is, like, is that a sex thing? No, it's legitimately like just like a jacuzzi in someone's uh, hotel room. So, See? Don't totally you miss works. tubs, though, as a big guy? Not really. I like showers. Also, I want big enough that you can luxuriate. I don't want to sit in a pool of my tepid filth. Like, that's disgusting. Like, no shower. You have have so little romance in you, young man. What are you talking about? You need more romance. Well, I don't think a bathtub qualifies. They're sitting there making beef stew. They're they're simmering together. It's what's wrong? What's wrong with shower sex? What's wrong with that? It's not about the cleaning. It's about the fucking bonding. Their essence is becoming one. I know. And if you're sitting there in a hot, steamy shower, your body's just undulating towards one another. Yes. Isn't that infinitely hot? I feel like we than- have to be like William Hurt and say, don't talk to me about the heat again. Because, yes, it's a very hot movie. Everything is sweaty as shit. But here's one thing I say. I didn't say anything about the heat. Watching them put suit the jackets on. Cut me off. <laughs> putting, watching people put suit jackets on, that's just a dumb person. Behavior. Gross. Don't wear suits in the fucking heat wave. Neither here nor there. Make the beef stew with your partner. That's what you should do. We're both on agreement on that, I think. No. Make make the beef stew with your partner. I would Make not. the beef stew with Andrea. That's neither here nor there. I've said, <laughs> let's just not do this. Let's not get into that. <laughs> what did you make of <laughs> the bathtub? No, just kidding. Uh, Ned takes a turn fast. So he's getting laid. He's liking it. Why is Ned so absolutely anxious to commit this crime, right? They had this really fun scene where there's this cat and mouse where, you know, she's kind of like, I know what I want, but I can't say it. It's crazy. And he's like, don't say it. Mm-hmm. And he starts laying it out, right? The very next scene, he's like, yeah, let's fucking go. Let's kill this guy. Um, Maybe there's a little bit in between, right? Essentially, she buys him a hat, and he, she, he's like, yeah, we should kill him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she buys him uh, a cool detective hat, and he's like, well, I guess yeah. we're, we're going to kill him now. Why is this guy so absolutely gung-ho, this, this crusher of women throughout town, right? He adds another one to the belt. Why is this guy who works in the law, right? As Mickey Rourke said, right, there's 50 ways you can mess up a crime. You're a genius if you get 25 of them, and you ain't a genius. Why is he so gung-ho to commit this fucking crime? I feel like, to me, Ned's whole purpose in this movie is to prove that is to prove to everyone. Because, like, they set it up really well with the first lawyering scene 
Mm-hmm. Where like, because you never really see Ned do much lawyering other than just that first thing where they you never really see him do much of anything other than for like sex. other than sex and jogging <laughs> and being punctuated Breaking windows, yeah, being punctuated by a smoke. It's one of those things where, <laughs> like, Ned clearly is not a very good lawyer. Like, it, like they pointed out at the very beginning where they're literally like, "Listen, man." I'm going to let this go on for like five more minutes and then we're just going to like call it because this guy clearly like fucking hosed. Like he comes in with like a weak case, the whole thing. Like he's not defending great people anyways. He's a, he's an ambulance chaser type guy, which again, if that's how you make your living, that's how you make your living. But then it's like it's an ambulance chaser mixed with a guy who's literally fucking his clients and that kind of stuff. So that mm-hmm. makes him sleazy i thought they were about to say he fucked that old lady that was in his office i thought so too like that's how they present ned to us but like that's to me is like that exactly like ned is this sort of like just very not like like the level of dishonesty in his lawyering essentially Mm -hmm. like there's nothing about ned that makes you think oh this guy's gonna make good decisions this guy's gonna make the right decisions for himself so like to me ned deciding to do that is almost like trying to prove to the audience like listen i have proven up to this point i made terrible choices but Mm. this might seem like a terrible choice but i can totally pull it off because this chick is just like all about my thing i threw a fucking planner through her. if that is his inner monologue that is the fucking (laughs) and he's true i I did forget a key element though right because she says though like i think i want him dead on the beach there are actually two enormous scenes before he, like, jumps in all the way. I think in that moment he's already like, I'll probably be down for whatever. The two scenes between dinner for three, right? I was going to say, the dinner for three was, like, the moment where I was like, oh, this is how he's going to. He sits with him, right? And the guy's like, you know, the husband, if I ever found a shoes, I killed a man with my bare hands. Then he goes on this diatribe about the guy she used to be with was this dumbass who, like, didn't do the work. Sounds very Ned-like, right? Yeah. He even, and he even he admits starts it. the, um, yeah, they're not willing to do what's necessary, right? Whatever's necessary, not the homework, whatever's necessary, right? And he kind of sets this great tone. <laughs> the next scene is Heather arrives at the house and she has to babysit her husband's niece. Yeah. He cannot wait a long weekend. He has to run in. And fuck this lady right away, right? He jumps her on the the balcony. She goes down for a mouth shot. And the little niece just walks in and sees them, right? Ted Danson later jokes that she said the man was uh, sweaty and bald. Which is just an insane fucking line in the movie. Like, this is a crazy fucking thing that happens. There is this, in that moment when he makes that choice, there is this fatalistic mindset right that i will fucking take what i want from this guy who he's the guy who's always done it and i'm the fucking loser right there's like this i'm gonna stick it to that guy so maybe i don't know if you saw that maybe it's just this you know i don't even think it's just that this is his path to like just be on a beach having sex right i think there's a small part of him that's tired of these like fucking titans of their industries telling him he sucks at things yeah, I mean, I think it's just, again, I, it's sort of this class warfare thing almost. At least that's how it comes off to me some at some moments. Like, I mean, 
truth be told, I don't think Ned's that smart to like make that decision. So I think a lot of it's just like, I really want to fuck this lady and get rich for a while. And so he's going to do that. But there is this sort of like class warfare beat under like the kind of like a subtext for it, I guess, mm -hmm. of like, oh, he's finally going to pull one over on the rich guy. And like this goes to like, yeah. you know, getting like advice from a Mickey Rourke character who's like out on bail or not. What's he doing? Yeah, he he got Ned hooked him up to where he was off. Right, right. He got off, but yeah. But there is like, this moment, right? Like he could just have sex with this lady and rub it in the rich guy's face. When he tells Kathleen Turner, he's like, "I don't. If you didn't have any money, it wouldn't really matter to me." I think that's one of those things every you know guy would say in the moment, right? Or every partner would be like, "Yeah, okay, like that's fine." Um, that shit comes easy to say, right? And then when you're put to the test, it's different. In that moment, though, I think Ned actually is right. I don't think he actually gives a shit that she's rich. You know what I mean? I think there is a part of him that's like just having her is somehow making him feel better about himself, right? That her her lot in life. Or that everyone that sees her is like, she's a looker. You'd remember her. Like, maybe that's just enough, right? Because the leap to murder feels... If this movie had like a kind of crack to me. That is such a fucking extreme leap. You know what I mean? This is not a guy who's like, finally, my first girlfriend. <laughs> like, this is a big fucking jump, man. Well, I think in movies like this, like noirs in this way, like yeah. those jumps are usually logic leaps you have to take with the movie. Like, I feel like in those movies, though, we're of an era where the sex was more withheld. Well, like yeah, the sex is constant and upfront in this one. Well, no, like, well, the <laughs> sex is different. Like, I'm not talking about that. Like, but the motivation and like the reasoning for doing it, like in those earlier movies and like those noirs, like the logic leap you have to take is very specific. So you take it with the audience takes it with your, you know, your main person, like in a movie like uh, Double Indemnity and even like Detour and a couple of other movies like that. Like you take the leap with that person. This is asking the same thing because I agree it goes from like zero to a hundred really quickly. Yeah. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, like by the time things have all happened and like you're dealing with the aftermath, there's only like 40 minutes of the movie left. Like this movie's two hours. This movie's two yeah. hours long. I spent a lot of time getting to like, Oh, we totally going to We totally murdered this guy. Like, yeah. And honestly, the best stuff happens after like the murder is pretty, pretty bland inconsequential right yeah she you know she's banging her other husband she's like more he's like god you're trying to kill me oh i'm old yeah and i was like all right got it check and then he gets a gun and she yelled he has a gun which he definitely shot in the house which the cops should have found so now we know the investigators are also dumb like you would find a bullet hole in the house and no nefarious play had been afoot right right yeah duh um Neither here nor there. So he takes them to this place, and they're going to blow it up, right? That's kind of the the big thing Mickey Work was helping with was this bomb. It just kind of happens, right? The awesome part is what comes next, right? Like, this is where it gets really good, right? Because Mickey Work keeps telling him, don't do it, don't do it. He's setting up in Miami so he can come back and do this shit, right? The aftermath of this is so fucking hard to stomach. Because the moment Ned does this, we know he has fucked up enormously. Yeah, for sure. And they have several great devices, right? One is his friend showing up at the fucking lawyer meeting, right? 
because she changed the fucking will, which he said not to do. And from the moment that scene hits, it is this unbearable sequence of events where we know and Ned knows that he has fucked up so massively. And just watching it unroll, we know that she fucked him. And it it's so tense, right? What do you make of this bit as we go? And how they keep it that tense, even though we fucking know the game at this point. Well, isn't it kind of interesting that, like, it's tense because we know the game? I think that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, because we know and like, they know. And I that's think, the thing, though. Usually there's, like, something they're trying. Like, every single character knows what's happened, essentially. I mean, They can I, dance around it, but they know. Yeah, everybody knows. Like, I think that's the game. That's what it is. Yeah. Is like, it's the worst kept secret in the whole movie. Yeah. But now to we got to get them on the legal checks. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm with you on that. That's what I think. That's what I think really it boils down to is, you know, we're at the, once we get to that point in the movie where we're like, <laughs> well, you, you did it right. You know, like, <laughs> like yeah. every single person has this moment with Ned where they're like, dude, for real, like. Just fucking, just it's just, fucking brutal. That like, scene when he's like, "Hey, the mom and daughter are here to identify the penis. You should go out the back door," and he's like, "No, I'll go to the front door," and just stares them in the face. That is such a fucking amazing moment. I mean, like, right? Even as his like, even as like the stuff like the phone calls and all the shit that's like totally like throwing his alibi out the window is happening. He is this like Oh yeah, they were calling his apartment and no yeah, yeah. or his hotel and no one answered, right? Like oh, this, where are the glasses? Yeah. There's like this defiant quality to like and it's not admirable by the way at all. It's like the stupidest thing you should like stupidest thing you could be doing is like being like wasn't me. I didn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you know, it was definitely and then like I think what's interesting more is like further trying to prove your innocence. Like thinking this Which he one barely thing. even does exactly like it's almost like he doesn't care because he knows that's what i think is interesting maybe that's what it is like the he tension. knows that his friends are good at their jobs or on the case and he's in big trouble <laughs> i think the te- i think the tension is in that we all know ned's fucked ned kind of knows he's fucked the tension is and how bad is he gonna get fucked at this point like yeah is it going to be like the electric oh my chair God. fucked? That telephone call when she's like, oh, my love. the Because we find out, you know, Teddy in prison was like, hey, man, she came and asked for another fucking bomb and to yeah. door rig it. His fucking face. And then he gets the call. Where she's like, my love, I got the glasses. Oh, you had the glasses. Yeah. Oh, it's the thing. Just go in the boathouse and open the door and get them. His face during that call. Where he knows. I was like, that's that's where William Hurt soars, right? That mm-hmm. That's just one of those acting moments. Just sitting there blank, essentially. But his eyes are telling us he fucking, his whole world has just exploded like that yeah. boathouse is about to. I mean, that is a so great. so fucking I think amazing, that, that, moment, that moment. The two moments, I think, are his finest acting moments are that moment. And then when he walks up to the woman, he thinks his... Maddie says, hey, lady, want to fuck? Hey, lady, want to fuck? I mean, there's a couple. His fake laughing with Ted Danson when they mock about how he traumatized a seven-year-old girl with his penis. His fake laugh. (laughs) That was was pretty good. That was spot on. Um, It's just, yeah, it's this almost brutal cat and mouse because it's just it's more like watching. I remember my dad when we were young. I mean, it's not even cat and mouse. It's literally just watch this mouse. 
he wanted to get these nature VHSs, right? This big series, right? Pretend, whatever the fuck they were. They were like the nature shows. Right, right. And we got all the VHS. It was the first time I'd ever seen this, but it was the orcas just fucking smacking seals up into the air with their tails. So as they hit them and they'd hit the water, their fucking bones would like crush and their innards would liquefy so the orcas enjoyed eating them more. That's what this movie is. Yeah. Ned is just a stupid seal getting pulped. And when he confronts, this is an interesting moment when he confronts Maddie and she's like, Oh, go get the glasses. Uh, no matter what, I did love you. That's one of those moments. And by the end of the movie, I actually had to pause and think, did she actually catch feelings? No, like not even a little, you don't think she, maybe no. she just loves Ned because of him being so stupid. She was able to use him. Why say it? If she doesn't believe it at all. I think with how the movie ends, like with her on the beach. She's there with this fucking international Lothario and she looks miserable. With the quote, you know, like all that stuff. I think that maybe she just misses that really average penis that William Hurt threw down. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I don't think she caught feelings at all, man. Like, I really don't. Like, I think she did no. appreciate him on some level. I mean, I think she appreciated how far he was willing to go to help her. I mean, that has goals. to mean something. <laughs> if someone would like kill for me, I'd be like, weird. I don't want that. Right. But well, this that is shows like, a lot of devotion. <laughs> well, this is like always the thing. This is sort of how I feel about like like um, those the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's the same same edict though. It's just like if you if you want to get laid, you need to be willing to murder too. Like that's like the same. That's a lot. It's that's the same. It's the same basic like principles. Like I can't just, imagine what kind of sex I'd have to have to kill someone for it. I, and weirdly, this hat there's an entire channel, Investigation Discovery, which is just a wife or husband want to have sex with someone else and then murders ensue. Yeah, so okay. it happens all it the time. It happens all the time, but I, I agree with you. I cannot, like, But why say that movie, line, stick imagine. the knife in, she knows what's about to happen. I mean, clearly she set it up. Her friend's body's in there, right? She has an assumed identity. Right. Why say that, though? I mean, that's an audience of one. She's not even saying it loud enough so that Oscar can hear it. She's saying it just to his ass. I mean, stylistically, you say it because. Stylistically, you say it because it's one of those things that you say in those kinds of movies. I mean, but to me, it's always about <laughs> it's going to sound bad. It's like customer service. You send them out on a high note. It's like, oh, she loved me. Great. Whatever. I mean, I'm about <laughs> to go to jail anyway. So. <laughs> I don't know. But he knows. He know, and I'll tell you, I actually I like the jail bit. I thought the jail bit at the end was very clever. I thought Not it was the, good. She's alive. Like when she he wakes up like he's, you know, in the gift. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't like that moment per se, but him laying it out to Oscar, pretty fucking cool, right? I don't know how he figured out where to get her high school yearbook. Right. But that was such a cool fucking rapper on this. Yeah. Right? And Because he even says that, right? That was Maddie's great ability is that she was relentless she could do what was necessary so her husband who had talked shit about how he hated people that couldn't do that so fucking underestimated and devalued his wife he didn't realize that one of those people was in his own home and neither did ned and they all got got right and i think it's weird that she looks so sad at the end but it just it wraps up in this amazing way i, mean, I thought it was really fun she looks sad in the way that like she looks sad, dude. 
She's like, I want to be back in that fucking beef stew. I want to be with my in that beef stew in my Pine Haven house. With I my want bro- my netty bear. With my broken windows yeah. that no one ever fixed. Yeah, this fucking international gentleman, he's not throwing shit in my house. You know what I mean? Maybe that's he's all fancy she, and refined and cultured. That, maybe, okay, how about this? Ned is just culturally trash with a dick for a nose. But... Here, this is what I'll, uh, something is, to that to your to your point, yeah. Who else? Uh, this is what she misses. Who else is gonna throw a planter through a window to fuck her? That's I think the, that's like the. I mean, like I know that's really crass There's way to put to it. Something to that. Would that's you really, not be pretty? That's a really crass. We talked way to about put this it, on like, another episode. If someone broke into your house and left presents for you, you were like, "That's creepy," and I was like, "I'd be turned on." This is kind of that same ethical area. Right, but like I, using your logic, yeah, like that would probably be the thing you're like jonesing for. Is like I'm never gonna find someone who's that passionate about. Like I'll find like love again, sure, but I'm never gonna find someone yeah. who's that like can't let literally a home stand between me and that person. Like that's that's what she's wistful for. Is Maybe that, she that level misses, of passion. At that point, she loses her relentlessness. What is there to be relentless about? Well, she's maybe achieved that's her, what she misses. She's achieved her goal. Like maybe she's just like it's one of those things. Is that where her like, goal though? Is to just be on that beach with that drink? Well, it's in the. It doesn't it, seem like it. It's in the yearbook. That's the bit. Maybe she wants to just roll over these fucking guys that treat her like that. I mean, she, I mean, if it's a Black Widow thing, I'm all for that. That's great. Maybe I don't know. I thought it was weird. She seems sad as shit at the end of the movie, and I mean, she says she loves Ned. So maybe that's it. I don't know. But you don't have to know, right? I mean, the palpable sweatiness of this movie—you don't have to know because you got to dry the sweat from your eyes to see what's going on. Yeah, we on always had Paris. We always had Paris. There that was kind of some movie that was super sweaty recently that we watched, and I was like, "This movie is infinitely sweatier." There is one I watched. It was this weird Australian fucking movie where they had like legitimate kangaroo murders in the movie. It was like a big controversy. Because wow. the games department was like, you should film shooting these to make people feel bad for poaching kangaroo. It's fucking, it's a weird movie. This guy gets lost in this sweaty town and starts gambling on weird shit. And then he's just like broing down and becomes homeless. It's very strange. Jesus. Neither here nor there. This is one of the best sweaty films I've ever seen. It's an amazing erotic thriller film. Uh, so that's it for Body Heat. We hope that you feel sufficiently stuffed. We hope you're having a great time with this month's curation. We have one final stuffing ahead, uh, which is nine and a half weeks. Again, Mickey Rourke making it into our erotic thriller. He almost made it into Angel Heart. That was one of our possibilities, but we'll get to that someday. Uh, We hope you guys are having a good time with this. If you want more Film Alchemist, make sure you go over to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. The best way to support the show. We have tons of awesome stuff over there. We're working really hard. Uh, to earn your support over there. So if you would be so kind, that would mean the world to us. The YouTube Film Alchemist, the email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Make sure you're leaving those five-star ratings and reviews. You can find us on social media. That's it. Until next time, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino.